Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Baltimore sports fans of all ages, welcome to Section 336, the next generation of Baltimore sports talk. I am your endearingly stuttering host, Matthew Sroka. As always, I'm joined by the button lover, Josh Sroka. Hey, how are you doing? Just fine. And as occasionally, we are joined by the zany one, Bert Rohde. Welcome, Bert. Live from Central Florida. We actually have... Uh... Two out of three hosts coming from Florida nowadays, huh? Yeah, it's just a matter of time before this turns into a Rays podcast. <laughs> well, what happens first? We turn to a Rays podcast or the Rays leave Florida? Yeah, they, they're uh, Montreal uh, potentially with I a mean, split season or something. Well, Bert's already doing the split season. True, but I, w- I would never switch allegiances. O's till I die, true, baby. True, true. That whole split. <laughs> we've never talked about that Montreal split season stuff on here. That's the weirdest thing you've ever heard, right? I I don't like it. Oh, see, I think it's great. I think it's weird and crazy, but I kind of love it. But it like, just it, it's scary to think that it could potentially happen to us. The Orioles? Mm. Oh, it won't yeah. happen. It won't happen to the Orioles. But with the race, can happen. What do you even call that team? The the Tampa Bay Montreal Rays? What would you call them? Well, that, there's so many interesting questions here, right? Like, do they have two separate uniforms? For home games in Montreal, uh-huh. home games in Tampa Bay. Do they literally, are they like the the Expos when they go up there? They become right. back and they're the Rays when they play down here. I think there's a lot of fascinating they, questions, so I kind of want to see it happen. Do they got to pay taxes to two different uh, countries? Or do they have to speak French when they're in Montreal? Yeah, what and jersey do you buy if you're, if you're a fan? Do you buy the Montreal jersey? Do you buy the Tampa Ray jersey? Well, I mean, it can't, be any worse. it can't be any worse than the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Like they'll just be the Tampa Bay Rays of Montreal, but but it is worse. Oh <laughs> yeah, sure, right. But at least Anaheim changed their name like randomly, and you'll still see things. I saw something like two weeks ago where it, it was still calling them the California Angels. Yeah, they'll, you, they'll always be the California Angels. Right, you still see that occasionally, but just to, to switch cities midseason seems like the strangest thing. Yeah, it's 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 a little more. I mean, I, I, it doesn't happen very often in baseball. I feel football happens a lot more often. Right? Oh, definitely. Where, Teams, and you forget who is who. Like, what are the Raiders now? They're not Las Vegas yet, but they're going to be Las Vegas. Or the, the Rams. What are they? They're Even LA, the, right? Is it yeah, LA I Raiders. The Rams at St. Louis, yeah. But the Raiders are about to be Las Vegas in right. the next two years, right? And the, and even the Card Arizona Cardinals were in St. Louis for a while, and then St. Louis didn't have a team, and the Rams went to St. Louis. So yeah, it does happen far more often in football. Yeah. Thank goodness it doesn't happen in baseball. That's I mean, Jocko gets confused ever since they changed um, changed up the divisions. Like what twenty years ago? Oh, I still get confused. With, still you know, you know the team that always fools me, Milwaukee. The Milwaukee, they're an NL team, Josh. I know they confuse me that they're an NL team. I I, yeah. I have come to the fact that Houston is an American League team. Yeah. Milwaukee as a National League team is confusing to me. The last team to move in baseball was the Nationals, right? No one's moved since then. They're the newest, like, franchise. Right. Yeah, like the most recent. Well, they moved from Montreal, so they're not, like, a new franchise. No. They moved. Yeah. Which is why they wore the Expo jerseys about a month ago, and it was awesome. Yeah. I think think Montreal – can Montreal not support a team again that they would need the Rays to split a season with them? I mean, you know, pick pick a city and stick with it. I don't know – there's that great book about the Expos and how they were supposed to win the World Series in 1994. 
mm-hmm. then the strike happened. You know, that was Dan Duquette's year, so yeah. we all know that as Oriole fans. But then after that strike, like the fans never came back to Montreal. Yeah. So it's a little bit weird when there's other cities who would be dying to have a team that you would go back to a, a city that's already failed to have a baseball team. That's right, right, a little right. bit weird. Like, well, that's try, try out a, a team in, I don't know, Charlottesville. That's like Not the there. NFL constantly trying out LA. Right. But how would you feel if you were the home team? If you were the Rays organization and all of your home games, quote unquote, in Montreal are sellouts and people are buying up Expos gear where they go, but then every other weekend you got to visit like your stepdad in uh, Tampa Bay where nobody's coming to the games and you're playing in an empty warehouse. I don't know. It's kind of a challenge. Like, all right, Tampa, we're going to split your games between here and Montreal. Show me that you need the team, that you want the team. Yeah. But it's weird yeah. because the whole concept. Who wants it more? <laughs> right, right. The whole concept, it's like, uh, it's like that Bible story where they offer to cut the baby in half. <laughs> but uh, the whole concept with them going to Montreal is, all right, we need Montreal to build a stadium and for Tampa to build a stadium. And they're both requiring two cities to get new stadiums instead of one. But the whole theory is that Tampa can build an outdoor stadium and it won't have to be domed if they only play in the spring. Wouldn't it make more sense just to have, because Miami can't hold, sustain a team, a major team at least, and Tampa Bay can't, to combine those since they're both in the state of Florida? Yeah, they could. Call the Florida the Marlins. Florida Ray Marlins. <laughs> I mean, we, we had the Florida Marlins at one point. Yeah, exactly. That yeah. makes more sense than Montreal. That's far away. Yeah. Quite far away. I don't know why we took two out of three from the Red Sox crushing their hopes to make the playoffs. And we start off with a conversation about the Rays and the Expos. What is happening to this podcast? I haven't been here in a while. You guys, I got to remind you guys on all the news you've missed over the last few weeks. <laughs> that was, like, <laughs> right, that was right. like six months ago. Wojciechowski almost throws a no-hitter. A manager high does a 180 and says, I'll, this is a chance in a lifetime. I'll leave Wojciechowski in as long as he – until yeah. you know, his arm falls off. And, and poor David Hess is probably hearing that and saying, hey – why, why didn't you leave me in like that when I was going for a no-hitter? Well, David Hess's arm then fell off. And uh, Wojciechowski apparently only pitches well when it's 105 degrees, whatever it was. It was hot on Sunday. Yeah, good for him. Yeah, that was the most impressive pitching performance I've seen by an Orioles pitcher in a really long time. I kept seeing his hair, and he's got all that hair, and I'm like, why don't you just shave it between innings? You'll be so much better if you just shave that between innings. Maybe you'll get a couple more innings out of you. You, you think you would have been better if he shaved his head? I say whatever you did, don't don't mess with it. Yeah, yeah. You, could you imagine he shaved his head and then he gives up a hit immediately? That, you can't have that. Yeah, people are calling for Josh's head. Stick, see, stick with what works. There was a player this week that shaved his mustache between at-bats. I guess he was trying to throw the pitcher off. <laughs> you know what I'm sick of? And we'll get back to the Wojciechowski start. I've been watching a television show on Hulu. It's none of your business what the show is. But between every commercial, every commercial, every other commercial, it's for this lawnmower. You guys seen this thing? A lawnmower? No. Yeah. It's I, don't, a lawnmower. I, don't, I don't watch Handmaid's Tale. Okay. It's called Lawnmower 1.0, and it's for, um, quote, unquote, manscaping. Oh, oh never mind. It's 2.0. It's, 2. it's the new uh, and improved two, one. You know, for, for what, what's yes. their slogan? For balls, butts, and body or something. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I an ad keeps popping up on my Facebook that just says, good for your balls. Yeah, I hate that. <laughs> I don't know how they're allowed to run that. 
and I hate it so much. It just it ticks me off. I don't know why it makes me so angry. Uh-huh. I, I don't know. You what have, you have a bad experience? No, not a bad experience. I just think it's ridiculous. Give me a break. You, we, we, <laughs> we were talking baseball a few moments ago, and you got upset that we weren't talking Orioles, and now you're talking manscaping. Oh, oh yeah, because you mentioned about shaving in between innings. What I mean, that goes with manscaping in between innings. Well, I heard that uh, Wachikowski did do that between innings. Well, yeah, that 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 when that heat, that might not be a bad idea. Oh. You know, one of the most impressive things about that Wojciechowski start, and there was a ton of impressive things, Boston is, like, famous for not swinging at balls out of the strike zone, right? Like they're a very disciplined hitting team. Yeah. And if you watch the replay of the 10 strikeouts, I would say seven of them were, like, two or three feet well, out of the strike zone. That's what happened is, did you see Wojciechowski's slider on Sunday yeah. was out of control? It was going right at the plate and then just diving yeah. to the right or left. Yeah, it was, it was the highlights we see good pitchers do. Yeah, He was what you call hot fire. Yeah, he was. And he had four pitches, right? He had a good 94 miles per fastball. He's hitting that consistently. He also had, you know, an okay changeup and his curveball. And so, I mean, that's starter stuff. Now, he's, he's a bit of a journeyman, right? This is not his first go-around. And so, I don't know if this is, like, the start of something, if you figure something out, or if, like, this is... You know, well, one start. He's a journeyman. Really he's a journeyman, but very little MLB experience. He yes. played like eight games for, was it the Cardinals? I think. No, the Reds. The Reds, like two years ago. But besides that, that's all he's got in the majors experience. But he is old. He's like 30, 31, something like that. Yeah. So, I, but it's, it, was, it was cool to see us just um, dominate a game. And it was just cool on so many levels because um, against who it was, against Boston, against kind of where they are at, they're kind of making a playoff push at the wild card. Well, they were trying. Now, now, immediately after that loss, all Boston media was writing, all right, it's time to flip, time to sell everyone, uh, including Kashner. That was the other fun part about Sunday, which is lighting up Kashner. And kind of embarrassing the Red Sox fans that were already upset that they traded for Kashner because he had a poor first uh, outing with them. Yeah, if they end up selling, um, we'll see how they do this last week. I think they're going to wait till the last minute to decide. But if they end up not buying anymore, that was kind of a steal the Orioles got for making that deal early and doing what they did. I'm thinking maybe we can give them one 17-year-old back for Kashner. Yeah. Yeah, they want to trade Kashner again. And then we deal Uh, with Kashner again. Exactly. And then we had a pitch ball first again. I don't think Kashner pitched really bad um, yesterday. I, I think Trey Mancini knocked him up twice, and Trey Mancini does that to a lot of guys. Trey Mancini's hot. He's hot right now. Yeah. He gets yeah. to a lot of guys. And it's and always tough to face a former team, especially in the same season, because these guys have sat on the bench and watched you pitch all season or, or last season and this year. They know him, you know? Yeah, they, they know his stuff. They know what, what he brings to the table. Um so, yeah, I didn't think Kashner pitched terrible, but he certainly didn't, didn't get him the win. I mean, the reason the Red Sox lost is because they couldn't hit Wojciechowski. And so that was just really an impressive kind of performance. Right. And and I know Saturday was like a – what we got crushed was like 18 to 4 or something. Uh, um, I think it was 6. 18 to 6. Yeah, yeah, because at one point we came back and tied the game 5-5. Right. And then the very right. next inning we gave up 8 runs. Right. Which is almost more impressive that after giving up 18 runs – 
we come out the next day and hold them to zero. It was the first time we've shut out the Red Sox in 50-some games. Wow. And I bet there's got to be some kind of record for giving up 18 runs in one game. I'm sure it's never happened. And then throwing a shutout in the next game. I bet that's a rare run. Yeah. And again, just like Friday night and Sunday, it was good to see bullpen come out and the bullpen not give up runs. Because, come on, the bullpen has sucked, and especially Miguel Givens, we want to market him, we want to trade him. So it's good to see him come out and do it. Yeah, Michael Givens. Yeah, but it's different when a starter goes. And we saw this on, on, um, was it Friday too? When a starter goes six innings or seven innings, in the case of Wojcikowski, the bullpen's a lot, it's it's a lot easier to pitch Fry and Givens than it is to pitch some of these other yahoos like Miguel Castro in there. Right. Or Yakabonis, who you never know what you're going to get. Right. And so when your starter goes deep into the game, it can make your bullpen look a lot better than they are. Well, speaking of Yahoo's, our starting rotation is Brooks, Bundy, Means, Wojciechowski, Eshelman. Are any of these guys actually going to be on the team next year? Like, or is this kind of, is this a throw everyone in the rotation and see who sticks? Or is this a uh, wear out these arms and just get through the year because none of them are going to last? <laughs> I'm sitting here trying to think of the first names of all those guys you just named. <laughs> I think I can only get two out of the five. I mean, <laughs> only only two of them was was John Means. I don't, was he in the starting rotation to start the year? No, not to start now. No, so Bund- only Dylan only, Bundy's the only guy. Left. Only Bundy is the only guy left. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and and yeah, and 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 even from like a month ago, right? Eshelman and Brooks wasn't in there, right? Um, so. Technically, Bundy's on the IL now until tomorrow, so technically none of these guys were. Yeah, and we'll see. The last time he was out, he had a bum knee, and he gave him seven runs. Right. So we'll see how Bundy comes off injury. That'd be interesting to watch. Brooks is Monday night against uh, Diamondbacks, and then Bundy is Tuesday night. And I think they want to see Brooks throw more innings kind of every time out. Right. He's kind of our opener. Yeah, but they want to stretch him into a... Right. I I think it was two or three last time, so... We'll see what it is Monday. Yeah, but I mean, it's like like Manager Hyde always says. He's saying, "I'm I'm I'm giving Bert shut up." He said, "Manager Hyde." <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> he said, "Show show 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 a little respect, Bert." Um, he, he said, "You know, I'm these pitchers are having opportunity after opportunity. Um, they would not have an opportunity anywhere else in baseball right now. Yet they're like Wojciechowski." would not be given the opportunity to pitch every fifth day for any other team. Same goes with Eshelman, same goes with Brooks. I mean, these guys have been dfa this year. And mm-hmm. so Hyde's giving all these guys a chance. Wojciechowski, if he can build – and he's been okay since he's been here. I mean, it wasn't just the last start. Um, he's been okay um, this entire season. I mean, his overall ERA is 3.91. That's not bad. Over four games started. And so um, if Wojciechowski can build on this – that he can definitely be part of next year's bird rotation. Uh, we certainly know Means will be there, and I think we all assume Bundy will be there. So I know, like, I'm confident saying Means and Bundy will be there to start next year, and Wojciechowski at this point has a good shot at making next year's opening day starting ro- rotation. Because um, I think all the pitchers in the minors are still another year away. So, I mean, that the jobs – and if Brooks pitches well – um, and Ashelman pitches well, they could definitely earn a spot in, 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 in the rotation for, for next year. So, yeah, these guys are pitching for their careers, um, their short-term careers at least, going into next year because there is no oh. saviors coming from AAA right now. That, 
that's not just exclusive to those five guys. I mean, they are just the five guys this week. You know, we could have the same conversation two months ago or two months from now. It's still going to be five guys who are giving an op- given an opportunity because the Orioles need somebody to start a game. Uh, it could be anybody off the scrap heap from any organization, anybody who's been DFA'd or whatever. They're going to come to Baltimore and they're going to get an opportunity because there's really no other choice. I'm not marrying Wojciechowski and uh, Brooks, whatever his first name is, to next year's starting rotation just because they're here this week. You know, it's, it's going to be five different guys one month from now, guaranteed. I mean, uh, hopefully it's still Bundy and Means because they're good, but I, I don't have faith in these guys. You know, they, they had a good week, but, you know, I, I, it would be five different guys five weeks from now. Yeah, I mean, how many opportunities has, like, David Hess had, right? And just, like, no. Are we give you another opportunity and you're terrible and another opportunity you're terrible. Or Gabriel Noah, a similar situation. Yeah. Uh, so there's guys we give a ton of opportunities to. <laughs> Mike but, Wright. Yeah, Mike Wright, another yeah. good, good one. Um, so, I, I mean, I think Burke could quite possibly be right on this, and that it will continue to be a revolving door um, until maybe some of these minor, minor, minor league pitchers come and are actually good. Right, and there's no no need to rush that because, you know, as I've said before on this show, all I want out of this season is that number one overall pick again next year because that was, that was the best thing to happen all season. <laughs> <laughs> The best night of my life in right. 2019. But we, I mean, Detroit, Detroit's giving us a run for our money. On they that are. Year. What is wrong with them? Get out of here, Detroit. <laughs> That's all right. Number two and three are generally pretty good players, too. I think we'll be all right with any of those slots. It's not the same. It's not the same. I want that excitement. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this year, I think there was a drop-off, at least if you look at all the top prospect rankings, right? Yes. Like Rushman's much higher than and then the number two prospect. But that's an, that seems to be an age thing and based on how quickly they think he can, he can get to the majors. Yeah. So how about Adley Rushman's debut? His home run? First game in, in the Gulf Coast League? Yeah. It almost made me want to drive down to the Gulf Coast. I, I had the same thought. The Orioles are in Sarasota this coming weekend. I was considering driving across the state. Is he still going to be there this weekend? I assume so. I mean, that's the problem with Gulf Coast League. It could be any time, but I don't see why. If he keeps hitting home runs, when we've uh, when we're taking our time with everyone else, why would you rush him and make him go up to Aberdeen? Sarasota is clearly a better place than Aberdeen. Yeah, I don't think Aberdeen's rushing anyone. No, I'm just saying why well, why move him? Because he's playing real baseball games, not you know these Gulf Coast League games. Do, do they even keep score? Well, yeah, they, uh, yeah, the home run counted as a home run. Yeah, it wasn't like, oh, you hit the ball game, long. His first game, he had a home run. Second game, he had a hit and a stolen base. Like, at some point, he doesn't he doesn't need to prove himself at the right. Gulf Coast right. League. But remember. Like, he's, playing a bunch of, he's playing against, like, Gunder Henderson, who's was a high schooler. Like, he's already done this. But his college season just ended, like, what, the beginning of June? Okay. So, I mean, you don't want to you don't want to wear him out. Oh, give me a break. What, the kid's 22 years old? Chill out. Josh just wants him to stick around long enough so he can drive across the state and see him. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Do you see this article on MLB saying every major league team's next Hall of Famer, and for the Orioles, it's Adley Rushman? That's funny. (laughs) I mean, they're not wrong. It's our best shot. There's definitely, yeah, yeah, it's it's not anybody in recent memory. They're sleeping on Trey Mancini, huh? Yeah. What yeah. do you consider? Would Manny Machado will he go in with an Orioles hat? Uh, no, no logo. Is he going to pull a Mucina? 
Did you yeah, guys did you guys watch the Hall of Fame speeches this weekend? I saw some clips. I didn't sit down and watch I'm surprised it. Matt didn't uh just kick off this entire podcast with talking about Harold Baines and his acceptance speech. There's a little school on the Eastern Shore called St. Michael's Middle High School. It's so small that's not even a high school. It's a middle and a high school combined. Um, I'm good friends friends with the principal over there. She keeps on trying to get me to go over there and teach. But then I know I'll end up teaching like 12th grade and 7th grade and 10th grade because they got like 20 kids in the whole school. But they have a great baseball team. And that's where Harold Baines played baseball at St. Michael's Middle High School right over here in Easton, Maryland. So it's great to see a local Easton, Talbot County kid in Harold Baines make it to the Hall of Fame. Did did you see his speech? I've never seen someone talk as much about St. Michael's as Harold Baines did during his speech. Oh no, I, I, I have not. I'm going to go back and watch yeah, all he, the speeches. He praised he praised St. Michael's and this little community and and all people because uh, I guess he met his wife in high school in St. Michael's and everything. So St. Michael's is pretty special to him. Yeah, yeah. Once I had a beer in Easton, and his daughter sat right next to me. And That's why hasn't cool. Harold Baines been on this podcast yet? Uh, well, I, I mean, I could get his daughter on the podcast, maybe, but. I'm pretty sure if you can get her daughter on the podcast, that's only one step away from getting the Hall of Famer on the podcast. Yeah. Um, so, no, that's great news for a local kid, Eastern Shore, Maryland, uh, Harold Baines. That, that that was exciting. And, you know, a lot of guys, Oral Connection, Lee Smith, and, of course, Mike Mussina. Right. With the, with the Mussina Oral had Mexican. great things to say about playing in Baltimore and Camden Yards and the packed crowds of Camden Yards. Yeah, he was my, I mean, he was my favorite player growing up, so... I think he was uh, he was dead to me when he signed with the Yankees, but now you know time heals all wounds, and we can celebrate kind of the career of Mike Mancina, Mike Mancina, especially because he chose <laughs> not to go in with a Yankee hat. Mike Mike Mancina, you combine Mike. in Trey Mancini and Mike Mancina into one guy. Yeah, the the current Orioles Hall of Famer and the next Orioles Hall of Famer. Okay. Um, real quick, you mentioned Manny Machado. I'll I'll admit that I haven't been paying as much attention this year. But I did take notice of the All-Star game and its and its uh, rosters, and I didn't see any Manny Machado or Bryce Harper on the National League team. It, was I wrong? Did I miss them? No, they're not or there. were they not there? They weren't there. What's the deal, man? They were the two big superstars of the free agency and, you know, big splashes and big paychecks, but they can't even make the All-Star team? Well, beyond that, do you see anyone ever promoting these guys anymore? You would think, oh, we'll get Manny out of Baltimore and get him to a bigger city and we'll promote him. Get Bryce to Philly, and he's clearly the face of Philly. And But neither of these guys have stepped up enough to be the face of Major League Baseball like everyone wanted them to be. Well, I mean, the bigger surprise to me is Bryce Harvey because uh, Phillies have a gigantic fan base and Philadelphia is a major city. Not to take anything from San Diego, but the San Diego Padres fan base doesn't strike you as, you know, they're not going to stuff the ballot box for the all-star game or anything like that. They'd rather be out surfing and riding around on yachts with jacuzzis on them. Um, but I, I, I haven't looked into their numbers, but apparently they're just, they're not having great seasons, huh? No, the only time I see Manny Machado in the news is when he's thrown some like fit and argued with an umpire or, or uh, this week he was in the news because he went to, is it Instagram Live? I think he went to, and he was just talking about you know the guy who got uh, suspended for trucking the catcher, and he was talking oh, about yeah. how he how he should have been suspended for twenty games instead of one or whatever it is. Oh, interesting. 
Okay, I think you guys are all a little bit touched in the head. I mean, I think it's outrageous that the Padres didn't get Fernando Tatis, who's their stud shortstop, or Manny Machado. The representative for the Padres was uh, Kirby Yates, the yeah. bullpen guy. Right. Um, I mean, if you look at Machado's numbers, he's hitting 268 with 25 home runs. Um, I don't think that's a bad, bad no, year at I, all. I see more highlights of him hitting home runs than arguing with umpires, but yeah. Yeah. Um, so, and, and Bryce Harper, um, I think the reason he's been criticized so much, not because he's having a terrible year, it's because he's signed such a big contract. And so the expectations, I think, for both those guys um, maybe are unrealistic and they're suffering for it. I was well, thought He's going to be in Philadelphia for the next 10 years, right? Yeah, exactly, this whole career. Um, that's like one of those um, life sentences, right? <laughs> you go to prison, you got to be there the rest of your life, right? One, two, two, two hundred years in prison. Well, yeah. <laughs> and that's I, what it is in Philly. The rest of his career and some. And I think he's still on pace to blow out that strikeout record of Chris Davis's. Really? He was at a hundred and something last I checked before the All Star game. Well, yeah. and the only reason that he has a chance to to hold the record is because the Orioles cut Keon Broxton. Because if Keon Brock is a player today, he would blow out all the records. I mean, he was striking out over half his plate appearances. Yes, he was. But I, I kind of enjoyed that the day he gets a home run, that's the day they decide, all right, we're DAFAing you. That was the next day, but yeah, yeah. All right, fine, next day. Just paperwork. It was before the next game. Yeah. So how do you guys feel about that? That means um, Stevie Wilkerson and Anthony Santander will be holding down center field. Are you guys okay with that? Yes. <laughs> I mean, Santander has been having a great couple weeks. So it's exciting to see a guy like that who's a Rule 5 pick uh, actually maybe show that he can play Major League Baseball. We've seen, I feel like, some power. I feel like we've had lots of Rule 5 guys come through and be a bench spot, and that's not good enough. And it's nice to see a Rule 5 guy who has uh, grown up and is starting to hold down the fort. Yeah, he's make, he's another guy that's making the most of his opportunity. Um, he's also been better than I thought he was defensively. I mean, he's not great, but he has a good arm. Um, and yeah, like Bert's right, he, he brings power to the plate. So I'm kind of surprised. There's this guy in AAA, Mason Williams, who's 27. Right now in AAA, he's batting 299 with an on-base 359. And for his MLB career, now he's he's played in 783 minor league games. Oh, he's like, so he's like Caleb Joseph. Yeah. But he's has a career average of 276 down there. Um, so it's not like he's been a terrible player. And his MLB, he's only played 76 games in the, in, in, in the majors, but he has a batting average of 289. He's one of those guys that I wonder. Like, I don't know what he is defensively. Um, he's a grandson, by the way. This is a little fun fact. Uh, he's a grandson of Walt Williams. Oh, not that Walt Williams. Walt Williams' former... Yankee center fielder. <laughs> anyway, I just saw that when I was looking at his name. Um, uh, but he, he's a guy that I think he's 27, so he's a little bit older. But I don't understand why a guy like that wouldn't get a job at center field for this team. Like, what are they keeping me in Norfolk for? Um, a lot of people are talking when they opened up two roster spots with the trading of Kashner and the releasing of Broxton that, like, maybe that was Austin Hayes getting caught up or, or something. Um, but I'm surprised he didn't. Like call up Mason Williams because he's been the starter center starting center fielder at Norfolk all year and he's having a really good year. Well, it's interesting. So, it's interesting timing. One, I find it really interesting that with 
the Cashner trade, and now the Broxton DFA means there's two spots on the 40-man. So you can bring people up and add people that weren't on the 40-man. They could, they could easily do that. But it's also interesting timing because of this West Coast trip, which starts in Arizona, so we're playing a National League team, which means we don't need an extra player because there's no DH. So that gives us basically an extra bench spot without adding a player. So it'll be, I assume that means they're adding a pitcher. Yeah, they, they did, right? Brandon, Brandon Klein was Okay, the they added Klein. All right. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just it's interesting timing. And, I mean, by the time they're with the Angels this weekend, I imagine they'll bring up another bench spot. Yeah, so they might be curious to see who that guy is. Is it a Mason Williams? Is it a DJ Stewart again? I think he deserves right. another shot in the majors. Or, or Austin Hayes. Or is do you think Austin Hayes is ready? Right. Um, so be curious to watch when they get back to playing these real baseball games yeah. against the American League. Tonight, uh, the Diamondbacks put out their lineup for Monday night, and Adam Jones and Christian Walker are both in the lineup against the O's tonight. Nice. I don't understand. I heard a couple people talking about the possibility of you know Adam Jones being traded to the Orioles, which is dumb. Why? But, <laughs> uh, do you guys, have you guys seen that? No, I haven't I, seen that. I saw it and saw the immediate reaction of why. <laughs> yeah, but is, I don't isn't heard, he having a decent career season? He's okay, um, but I, I don't understand why he's like their number five hitter. He's their everyday right fielder, right? Everyday right fielder. I don't understand why they would trade him. I mean, they're five hundred. They're right in kind of the wild card race. Um, I don't understand why they would. I guess they're selling. I, I really right. don't understand. If, if you trade Jones. It's because you're selling, and you would think at that point you would try to trade him to a contender. Why would you trade him to a? I mean, he is—he's batting two sixty-seven with thirteen home runs. That's a—that's a better bat than uh, I don't know. I mean, that's would I don't know. Adam Jones, would you if you were a contender and you needed a right fielder, would you take Adam Jones at two sixty-seven, thirteen with decent defense, or would you take Trey Mancini? Oh, uh, Trey Mancini. But then who's going to demand more? The Diamondbacks for Jones or, or the Orioles for Trey Mancini, you know? I don't know. Oh, oh yeah. You can, you can get Adam Jones for a bucket of balls. Right. For, I mean, his war this year is point two. He's. I don't think other teams value him. I, I don't think even if they want to trade him, I don't think another team's go, go, going to buy him. And there's, um, but, I, I, I think he's going to be a free agent next year, and he's going to go through the same thing where he's going to want to play again, and he's going to think he's good. But no other teams think he's that good. But there's no way the Orioles trade for him when they wouldn't sign him this offseason when they had the opportunity. There's right. no point. Right. I don't even know if another team will trade for him. Trey Mancini, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Michael Givens, even trading Michael Givens, I don't know, because there's so many relievers out there that Michael Givens is a second-tier kind of guy, and he's been somewhat inconsistent. I don't, I don't think they're going to trade Michael Givens either. I think there's too many other good relievers, like every team in the majors, every selling team has at least one good reliever. Like the Orioles aren't special for having one good reliever. Every team has one good reliever. So I would actually be surprised if they trade Michael Gibbons. I don't think they're, I think they're done. I think no one else gets traded for the Orioles. Yeah, I saw Ken Rosenthal uh, mention the Dodgers as a possibility for Gibbons. And he mentioned a couple other teams. I'll have to look it up. Yeah, it might happen. I'd just be surprised if it does. I don't know. I mean, so you're thinking there's no one else the Orioles are going to trade? I don't think so. You think we're, we're done? Just Not, there's, no, there's no one else good enough to trade. What about Bundy? You think he can, if he comes out and pitches well on Tuesday, 
someone takes a chance on him? A contending team? Yeah, no. yeah, of course. He has one good game. No, a well, contending team is not going to want Dylan Bundy. It would have to be like the Royals who think they can reclaim some of Dylan Bundy's greatness. It's not going to be a contending team. So I no. think okay. they I think they're they'll hear and they're open to listening to offers, but like the offers might not be there because who wants any of them? <laughs> yeah. And I heard a couple people talking about Renato Nunez being traded. That yeah. doesn't make sense to me. That's another one where one of these national reporters wrote about how like that's the dark horse guy that, that other teams are watching because of his 22 home runs. Right. And because he's 25 and still on his kind of rookie deal. Right. But that's also like why would the Orioles trade a guy who has potential at 40 home runs and he's 25 in the hopes of getting a guy who in five years – might hit 40 home runs. Like, I don't – he's so young and under control for forever. I, I don't understand. But do they – the Orioles are 10 years away. I don't understand why you would trade Renato Nunez. That doesn't make sense to me. Or if you think, like, his defense is so bad at third and you have no space for him, maybe then. But I don't really – it doesn't really make sense to trade him, in my opinion. Yeah, I guess he's, he's one of those guys, again, that doesn't have a great position. Like, tonight he's playing first base. And they've put right. him at third base before, and he's another one of those guys like Trey Mancini where it's like he's showing the power, but what about the defense? Yeah. Chris Davis, by the way, made a really nice play, play at first. He, he turned that double play. Um, and he had that nice double down the left field line. That was pretty. Good to see that from Chris Davis. Yeah, Chris Davis had a, had a good weekend on both uh, Saturday and Sunday, getting, uh, I think, a pair of hits each day. I knew that would perk Josh up. Mentioned a little Chris Davis. <laughs> well, it, Good news, perks Josh uh, right hey, up. Hey, he's up to one ninety something. I'm just hopeful. I just what? want him. I want him to get to two by the end of the year. I want him to Why finish does, the year over two. I mean, they freaking bring Sig Dell on the jumbotron to talk about how batting average doesn't matter. All the reporters tell us over and over again, batting average not important stat, but you can't mention Chris Davis's name without talking about batting average. Well, I thought batting average didn't matter. So batting average doesn't matter for anybody. But all of a sudden, whenever you say Chris Davis's name, you got to talk about batting average. Which I, is it? Does batting average matter or not? What's it matter for Chris Davis, but not for uh, Richie Martin? Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought batting average was a silly stat. What's the right? uh, Saber nerds? Isn't uh, batting average a silly stat? So have you seen these Sigma Dell Jumbotron announcement things? No. But it, okay. when he talks about batting average doesn't matter, I hope they have a picture of Hanser Alberto in the background. With his 305 or whatever he's, he's at? 10 in the majors in batting average. But everyone keeps on telling me that he stinks, and I don't know what to think. Well, what is – all right, so the guys who say batting average doesn't matter, what do they say matters? War? No. Well, no, no. I think Sigma Dell would say something like OPS matters, right? Okay. Sure, uh, yeah, 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 because he wants to – he just wants guys on base. That makes sense. And, but, and slugging. But, and slugging percentage, right? All right, and, but, but oh. Hanser, Hanser Alberto, I think, is, is pretty high up at on base as well. I know but he's he, high up on balls no, and play. He's not because he never walks and he only hits singles. So he has no slugging. All right, he doesn't have the slugging, but he's got and the he, OBP. He doesn't have the OBP. Okay. All right. Because he never walks. He always swings at the first pitch. And if the first pitch doesn't work, he swings at the second pitch. Gotcha. So he's got the balls in play, and that's about it. Right. Um, so, hey, I want to talk about the Bowie Bay Sox. Okay. All right. You gonna talk so, about them, or you yeah. want or you want us to take our first uh, 
commercial break. It's been a long time since we've had commercial breaks in 336. All right. Hey, take commercial break. And then I'm gonna, when we come back, I'm going to tell you Hans Alberto's batting average. And then I'm going to tell you his OBP. Okay, great. Because um, I was looking those up too. So I'm glad you found okay. them first. Yeah, we'll talk about that after the break. Hey guys, have you checked out 336 Daily? Did you know that sometimes, in fact, pretty often, I've been recording it in my car while driving to different job sites? That's how easy Anchor is to make podcasts. With Anchor, you can record your podcast and edit your podcast and upload your podcast all in the Anchor app. And then it makes sure it goes out to iTunes and Spotify and wherever you need to put it. It, they take care of everything, distribution. They help you with advertising and getting in commercials. Check out the Anchor app. Go to the App Store and download the Anchor app for free or go to anchor.fm to check it out. Hamza Alberto is batting 301. His OBP? 319. All right. He's played in 81 games. Do you know how many walks he has? Two. No, he has seven. Okay. He has seven. Um, in his major league career, uh, four years kind of, you know, up and down in the majors. In four years, he's gotten 11 walks. So good for him. Uh, but no, he is not an OBP and he's not a slugging guy. He's slugging uh, for the Orioles this year. It's 395. So it's OPS, which is a stat that matters to some people, is 714, which is not good. So anyway, uh, uh, Bowie Bay Sox. Can we just talk about their starting rotation for a second? All right, yeah, because they're having a unbelievable. Uh, they started off real slow, but they've been doing excellent. They had Michael Bauman, Bowman, yeah, hit the pitches no hitter this week. Yeah, and they had a cool um, Trey Mancini giveaway on Saturday. Little yeah, Moon, moon Man. That. Yeah. Um, their record, because, you know, in the Eastern League, they divided in the first half and second half. Their record in the second half, do you know what it is? No. Of course you don't. Why would you? I, I had to look it up. 24 <laughs> wins. 24 wins. Seven losses. That's Not a winning per- win percentage of 7.74. Wow. That's pretty good. And you know why? Here's their starting rotation. This is a little bit silly. Um, so their starters are Zach Lothar. Who's eleven and five with an ERA of two point six four? Bruce Zimmerman, who's five and three with an ERA of two point five eight. Alex Wells, who's eight and one, an ERA of one point eight three in sixteen starts. Killing it. Yeah, I continue. I'm not done yet. Um, they have Dean Kramer, um, who has an ERA of three point three four. Who started off? He was coming off injury at the beginning of the season and has pitched a lot better of late, but still an ERA three point three four. And then Josh just mentioned Michael Bowman uh, through the no-hitter, uh, ERA of 1.10. Right. So, again, here are the ERAs of the starters. 2 2.64, 2.58, 1.83, 3.34, 1.10. That's a pretty good start in five. Where did these guys come from? Are these guys – we've had this problem before where Bowie would win their, their league each year because it was a bunch of old guys who have been in the minor leagues forever. I know Kramer was uh, tr- came through one of those trades last year, right? He was in Machado, came from he the Dodgers. Machado. But what about the rest of these guys? Where'd they come from? They're, they're um, Dan Duquette guys. They're, they're drafted. They're all young prospects. So these are all guys that are part of the future. Yes. Do they all have a future as starters? 
I like people debate whether Alex Wells' stuff is good enough, but him and he was a pitcher of the year, I think, two years ago. This year is eight and one with an area of one point eight three. I mean, it looks good. Is he, is he the Australian? Yeah, he's the Australian guy. Uh, yeah, he was at the Shorebirds last year. Yeah, I mean, people are saying that Michael Bowman's fastball is just a lot faster. So, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, I mean, it's hard to know, you know, where they'll project to, but. This is not the typical buoy rotation we've had the past three or four or five years. I mean, this is something kind of different and special happening in our minors. And I and all those names I didn't mention are two best prospect pitchers, DL Hall and Grace Rodriguez, because they're at the lower level. Um, that's just at buoy, so they're all like a year away. All those guys I just named. And these are all Duquette guys, so it's kind of like when Duquette took the reins and he had this. Uh, all these guys like Machado and Scope and stuff to come up that were McPhail guys. These are just they're Duquette guys that uh, that Elias is just getting. Yeah, and, and the question we've talked about here on the show before, and this is an impossible question to ask, but development wise, and using all the analytics, are these pitchers pitching a lot better this year because they're all having great years because the analytics right. are because they just kind of matured? Is it because of Mike Elias, kind of his coaching, or, or you know what he's instituted? Because we um, know, know the answer to right, but we do know that. All the analytics are in the minors right now. We know that these pitchers are flooded with analytics that they didn't have before. Yeah, I saw a picture of a single-A guy, I think Aberdeen, who had that thing on the end of his baseball bat. Oh, yeah, that? yeah. Yeah, I didn't know. I haven't seen a picture, but I know what you're talking about where it clocks your contact point or whatever. Yeah, your angle, your swing angle, yeah. and your contact point. Yeah. So that was pretty interesting. So, yeah, yeah, that's – this is becoming a thing now in the minors. Right. I know, I know I spoke with Alex Murphy when he was down in Sarasota still working on rehab and working with pitchers and stuff down there, and he was saying he's never seen this amount of data in the Orioles organization. Yeah. So how much of that is – but again, like all those guys that just named for you at Bowie, they're not like top 100 pitching prospects. Right. So maybe they don't have good enough stuff to be – You know, no one's talking about any of those guys as being number one, number two starters. You just hope they can be three and four and five stars. And fill up your bullpen. Yeah, and be really good bullpen arms too. You hope right. that Grayson Rodriguez or D.L. Hall can turn to be those really good starters. Sure, sure. It'll be or interesting. Right. It'll be interesting how much are like the whole rankings of our farm system that's always the last, how that is changed in the, when it comes out next year. If, it, if they boost our farm system uh, just because Elias is now in charge of it, you know, the same guys are still going to be there. Yeah, but with all these guys having good years. Right, which um, may be – and I think without talking to these guys, I mean, it's – who knows if it's analytics. It's probably a mixture of both. It's probably analytics and hitting – catching them at the right maturity time. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I will be cursed, like, especially Ken Rosenthal, who hates the Orioles for some reason. Well, for we all know why, we all know why people hate the Orioles. Yeah. All, all of wow. these national media people that hate the Orioles the is yeah. all because they used to work for the Sun. Exactly. <laughs> Whether it's uh, him or Zabowski, who I don't, th- who's no longer an Oriole fan, right? What's What's John Heyman's deal? I saw even when Boston we beat Boston two out of three, he still tweeted something out about saying like Andrew Kashner went to the Red Sox because he wanted to leave the Orioles. What's his deal? He's not a former Baltimore Sun guy, is he? Why is John Heyman such a turd? I thought he, I thought he was a former Baltimore guy. <laughs> Maybe. But yeah, because Ken Rodenthal had the Orioles' dead last farm system. I'm curious to see how high they get bumped um, next year. 
Um, I'm hoping they're looked upon as kind of a middle-of-the-road farm system. Shooting for 17 here. It would be a 17th-ranked farm system. 17th? That's pretty high. That's really that's high. That's what I'm shooting for. All right. Yeah, that's what I'm shooting for. Well, when you add the overall number seven prospect in baseball and Adley Rushman, I mean, that alone, will I think, will pop you up a couple spots. Okay. I'll give you that. But yeah, I mean, I guess 17 is still bottom half. So it's not a huge jump. I guess it'd be if you get up top 15 or whatever that you're very impressed. Yeah. And if, if Bert has his way, we get a number one, another number one draft pick next year. Now we're talking about legit farm system. Amen, baby. <laughs> hey, um, I know we're jumping around a little bit here. We have been since the start of the show. <laughs> Yeah, we haven't, I just uh, got some stuff on my mind here. Not a bunch of focus I'm, today. I'm just so excited to have Bert uh, back on the show. Yeah, it's good to be back. I, I've i been busy. <laughs> yeah, busy joking it up with uh, Harry Potter down there? Uh, we just went to Harry Potter land last night, and we wrapped up Disney World last week. Our our Disney annual pass has expired on Friday, so now we're did you, did you, taking, a, taking a break from Disney, and now we're all into Universal with two feet. Did you get some Harry Potter yeah. wands? Uh, my kids have them. Yeah, they got they got them at Christmas time. So we, we had to bring oh, them back. Okay, so yes. you didn't you didn't go into like the, uh, or you already took them. So you already went through the whole wand store and oh, yeah. you got to pick one that calls Did your you name spend or whatever. Two hours to get a can of butter beer. Uh, no, it's actually wasn't that crowded. I did. I had a butter beer last night. To be honest, uh, no. we had dinner at the Three Broomsticks, and I had a butter beer with my fish and chips. And uh, yeah, we were going all around. Uh, Hogsmeade, you know, casting spells in the shop windows and all throughout Diagon Alley and all that. It's it's uh it's a lot of fun. Yeah. What about the like roller coaster that's like a seventeen hour wait or whatever? That's still yeah, a long wait? It's brand new, so it's really hard to get on. You can't have like a Universal has Express Pass similar to Disney's Fast Pass. Um but uh it's an outdoor coaster and this time of year, anytime there's lightning in the vicinity outdoor rides get shut down. So you have to have the timing, right? Uh, you have to wait in a long line. You have to avoid a thunderstorm or a rain shower and still manage to get onto the ride. So, you know, it'd be nice to ride it. It's Hagrid's magical motorbike, something. Uh, it looks awesome, but I don't know if we'll get to do it or not. Keep your fingers crossed. It just sounds like a glorified ET ride to me. It's, it's similar. Yeah, you do. You can either ride, on the motorcycle or in Hagrid's sidecar, but it's a roller coaster, so it's okay. it's a lot more intense than the ET ride. But <laughs> okay. Don't poop! Don't poop on the ET ride. It's awesome. No, I love the ET. <laughs> love the ET ride. Hey, I, I was you, trying to look up John Hyman, and he ha- did not write for the Sun, but man, he hates Baltimore. <laughs> I don't yeah, know I why. I haven't, I haven't blocked on Twitter. I haven't I, found I why. I haven't blocked. I've I found multiple tweets where he responded with BTB, which means better than Baltimore. Yeah, he just uh, hates them for no reason. I don't yeah, understand I don't, why he hates them. I haven't found the reason why. Yeah, so, so uh, a lot of people outside of Baltimore hate the Orioles and the organization. I mean, it's, right. it's not, it, it all, doesn't come as a surprise to me. You know, they've burned a lot of bridges with the national media, with people who work for Major League Baseball. Uh, you know, if, if if somebody outside of Baltimore hates the Orioles, I'm sure they have their own reasons, but it, it certainly doesn't come as a surprise. 
Yes, true. Right. I mean, it's Peter Angelos. It's the answer why he doesn't like Baltimore, but it's interesting. You know, if I said on this roster right now, what's the one player who's kind of most important and his kind of development and success in determining determining the future of the Orioles? Who do you think that one player is who's kind of the most important guy on the roster? Kind of like if this guy develops, this could be a game changer for us. On the 40-man current? Yeah, currently on, on the on the 25-man. Um, John Means. I'd, I'd say Dylan Bundy. I don't think I think Dylan Bundy. We've seen the best of Dylan Bundy, but if he ever developed into what we expected out of Dylan Bundy, that could be a game changer. Yeah. Do you know? I, I think. Oh, go ahead. Well, no, no, go, go ahead. Where are you going with Richie Martin? No, I said John Means. Um, he's a guy I'd never even heard of on opening day. And he was representing us on the all-star team. Uh, I, I, I just saw Aladdin recently. He's what you would call a diamond in the rough. And uh, I, I, I like everything I'm seeing from John Means. In fact, when I look ahead at the Orioles' schedule, the games where he's starting are the only ones I have any interest in watching. Mm. Yeah, it's true. He's come out of nowhere and has been really good. And if you can slot him in as kind of a top of the patient arm, that would be huge for the future. That's a good one. Um, no, but Josh, Josh, I'm going with Richie Martin. Okay. Well, cause I just saw Lion King and Richie Martin just wants to be King. <laughs> nice, well, nice try. I, I, nice try. Right, I haven't seen Lion King, but trying to keep up with Bert, trying to make it, uh, Bert understand. Well, so why, yeah. why are you going with Richie Martin? The guy who, well, who plays well defensively, but has one of the worst bats on the team. If you count at batting average. First of all, I saw him on Friday, what, Friday's game. The, the, was... the, the inside the park. That entire game, I've never seen someone run so fast. I, I'm serious. I'd never have either. And then the next at bat, he has the infield, the, uh, the bunt for a single. And then in the, in, in a later inning, this might be the last inning, he has a nice leaping catch. Um, just freaking athletic. And he's like, he's freaking wheels. Yeah. Yeah. I think he it, found like a new energy drink or something that, that day. Right. And so the reason I think he's kind of one of the most important pieces in this in this thing, and I, I have no idea, right? It's a huge question mark. Can Richie Martin hit in the majors? If he can hit, though, he adds something that this team always lacks, and that's speed. And he's got speed like I've never seen before. I mean, it's incredible speed. And he also had a stolen base in that game, too, by the way. Uh, inside the parker, a triple, uh, but single, great defensive play, stolen base. Um, if he can be good, I mean, he's electrifying. Also, I mentioned all those good pitchers, starting pitchers in Bowie, and then there's also Grayson Rodriguez and DL Hall. Like, there's help coming in the minors with right. pitching. Um, there's no help coming at shortstop. We have in AAA, I think Jack Reinheimer or something, who's like a 28-year-old journeyman, is playing shortstop in Norfolk. Um, the other guy in Bowie below him is Mason McCoy, people see his kind of upside as utility man so we shortstop is one position like we have a lot of outfielders um uh, but we don't have a lot of infielders specifically shortstop and right. second base and shortstop is such an important position that if he can be a good shortstop he's already a good defensive shortstop if he can also be good offensively and bring that speed i i, I mean i think if richie martin can be good that's a game changer for this franchise 
I can understand that. Um, that's not anything we're going to learn this year, though. I mean, he. I don't see his batting average improving any this year. But you wonder, Santan, maybe it's like a Santander where the year two or three of after getting clear in rule five waivers, he, he develops. Yeah. I mean, yes, yeah, possible. Uh, but I think we will see a good bit this year because he has to be on the team, right? With the rule five. Yeah. Right. He's, he's played almost so he's every gonna game. He's going to be starting every game. Yeah. He, he had a, a, a career night that, that game the other night with the inside the park home run. I saw that it was, it said, I don't know. They said he round the bases in 15.1 seconds, which set an Orioles record. But I wonder how much data there is to compare that to. How many other times has an Oriole player been clocked running all the way around the bases? I don't, I don't know if I can get to first base in 15 seconds with 90 no. foot bases. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a thing to watch. Like it, was, it was kind of impressive to watch. I was watching it on the uh, at-bat app because that's how I watch all the baseball games now through MLB.tv. And I thought, like, sometimes it does weird buffering things where it tries to catch up, and I thought it was the computer screwing up, like, running too fast. Yeah. Richard Martin is, like, insane fast. Insane fast. Um, so, and I'll be curious. I mean, like, a lot of Rule 5 guys, people hide on the bench. But he plays almost every game. One of the reasons is because we don't have shortstops right. to play shortstop. And he's good defensively, so he just put him out there every game. I'm curious to see if next year, if they do what they did with Santander, which they put him back into, you know, double A and triple A um, for a year, or if they, if Richie Martin's like, we don't have a better option at shortstop if he stays with the Orioles next year. Well, so I'd be curious to see. I think what he does from now until the end of the season could have a big part in if they decide to send him back to the minors or, you know, pay a veteran shortstop to play shortstop for us next year. Yeah, and I think he's a guy that they're going to expect a lot during the offseason for him to work on this a lot because, he, he's, like you're saying, he's playing every day because uh, we have no other option at shortstop. So there's no time for him to develop and work on his bat because he's got he's to be ready to play every day. He can't take a week and just work with coaches in the, in the hitting cage or whatever, you know? Yeah, but hopefully after playing half a season in the majors – Hopefully, the second half of the season, we see his batting average go up a little bit. Or I should say his OPS go up a little bit. Um, Hopefully, he becomes a better batter. Maybe they'll bring that rule about stealing first base to the majors. And he can get on base. That'll help improve his batting average or on base. I heard Jim Palmer talking about that rule. I don't think Jim Palmer was a big fan of that rule. Well, yeah, because... Of course he isn't, because it means then the pitcher can't strike you out. So it, yeah. he wants – I like that rule. The more I think about the rule, the more I realize there's all of these different rules that they want to change in baseball. I like all of them, and I have no problem with any of them. Except wow. I wish they would bring back trucking the catcher. Like, I miss that rule. I understand why they did that for safety, but I, I love the highlights when we were kids of catchers being hit and still holding on to the ball. So I love that aspect of the game. All these new rules, are there little tweaks and everything besides the starting someone on second base and extra innings that they're doing down in double A? I have no problem with the rest of these. Yeah, you, we'll come back and see if you still like that truck and the catcher rule when Adley Rushman's catching for us every day. I would hope Well said, that, Bert. Well said. Here, I would here. hope that catcher's gear would improve in, uh, in the case. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I think we see in other sports, they make rules all the time, right? New rules come into NFL every year, right? Every, we hear about every three year. new rules in, in the NFL. The uh, rules committee. Yeah. yeah. And that's baseball, good. Rules, I feel like they hardly ever change. Right, right. I love that NFL tweaks and tries to make their game better every year. And I, I, yeah. I like that baseball is doing that. Uh, but I also like the baseball purists because they're at least going to keep stupid things out of the game. Like running to third base instead of first base. Yes. Too far. Yes. <laughs> Too far. Second base will that, always be there. No skipping. In, that happens in Alb- Albie's T-ball game every week. <laughs> <laughs> you you got to get like little traffic cones just to direct them. <laughs> All right, guys. You guys got anything else? Did we um, – let me consult the show notes. Did we miss anything? I see you got on here. Um, well, I wasn't sure if you want to talk football at any point because training camp does start on Thursday for the Ravens. But hey, I'm, is Caleb Joseph in the starting lineup? Is he still in the major league? I don't spot? know where he's at. He's not in the lineup for tonight, so I'm not even sure if he's still on the race or if he's hurt or rehabbing or something. Mm-hmm. I haven't yeah. checked recently. Do you know who's getting a good amount of playing time? Uh, Matt Weeders for the Cardinals. Right. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that was, so that. My next question was going to be where? Yeah, for the Cardinals. Okay, cool. Yeah. All right. No, we, no let's wait on Ravens. All right. We'll get, to, we'll get I, the Ravens. I think we it's have a, plenty of time for Ravens. It's amazing that we've gotten all the way up to training camp without having to talk to Ravens. Like, the Orioles season sucks, and we still manage to have plenty to talk about on Orioles each year. Yeah. I saw uh, Lamar Jackson said he was going to make number eight great in Baltimore again. Yeah, did you like him posing and wearing number eight and, and all that? Yeah, yeah. Love yeah, I like Lamar that Jackson. too. Embrace it, embrace it. I'm I'm mm-hmm. all aboard the Lamar train too. Until he until he throws his first interception. Eddie, out of get out of here. Right. <laughs> and, until Joe Flacco has a good game in Denver. What yes. What do we do? There's those are <laughs> there's definitely gonna be a million articles after week one. actually after preseason one comparing Lamar and Joe. I've made a huge mistake. <laughs> yeah, right. but I, I mean, this, I know, uh, I'm sure Bert feels like this, that you just run for something new, right? Some new exciting offense. It's going to be fun. Of course. Absolutely. I love what I saw from him last year, except for that playoff game. Let's, let's just ignore that. Move, pick up where we left off. I've been, yeah. I've been playing last year's Madden game while I'm down here by myself, simply because it's fun to play with Lamar Jackson. It's fun to have a quarterback that can just run. Yeah. All right, and that has been our Ravens talk. <laughs> you, can, uh, you can listen to Film Study if you want to get real nerdy in Ravens talk. There's a preview episode for the offense and a preview episode for the defense getting into camp. All right. Um, so this week, this week for the Orioles, we got the Diamondbacks. And this is a West Coast trip, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so that, that's going to be a lot of late games. Except, uh, except the uh, Arizona tonight's game is at nine forty Eastern time. Yeah, that, there's still a three hour time difference, so their game starts at six forty, right? It seemed that way because then on Wednesday it's a three forty, which means, which I'm assuming is a twelve forty game. I like the six forty start time. I think the Orioles should do that. Bump it up a little bit. Bump. I think 
I agree. I think that all games should be at earlier times because I like to go to bed at nine. Well, and you try to think about getting, allowing people to get home from work and everything. And if you work nine to five, you should be able to get home, have dinner, and get to the ballpark by six thirty, six forty. Sounds yeah. like a great time to start start games, and I'm sure it's talking, better for kids. Right, right, and that's my thing. If I'm gonna if I want to take Sal's to 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 the game, I can't stay there with him until ten thirty. Right. Um. That 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 would be silly. You know, even. Even the Angels are doing something because on Saturday their game starts at nine oh seven, so they must have a six oh seven start on Saturday. Yeah, I like that. Orioles need to get on that. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think you see West Coast teams doing that. Maybe get more East Coast watchers. I don't know, but you rarely see East Coast teams doing that. Right. I think baseball across the board needs to say, "Hey, forget about all these seven o'clock games. Let's make them all six forty, six forty-five." And whatever, 647 in Canada, since you need the extra couple minutes for the Canada anthem. All right, sounds like a plan. All right, guys, you ready to get out of here? Yeah, boy. Yep. Another good week. Josh, you playing my outro music? You going to do that in post-take? post, post take? I sent you a message that says the music will be added in post. Okay. Apparently, you know, apparently the the messages don't pop up on your screen in this new oh, format. I see it now. Three what, minutes ago. Oh, man. What do you have to click on the little thing in the yeah, corner? you have to click on the comment. Oh, oh I, don't right. like I don't like that because we had a good running message last time. Right. Now it's hidden. When I open it, well, it covers up your well, it covers up it, Bert's face. And it took away all the messages I had before. Oh, it's because I started a new recording. That's a shame. But no, it used to, you know, keep the comments there from recording to recording. Yeah, yeah. That's on me. That's not on this. It's because I started a separate recording because I had like 30 recordings from the past uh, two months. All right. We'll have to start this group chat all over again. <laughs> Wait, what do you go through old – is that what you go through old uh, messages there that, that say it's all it's all stupid messages like I'll be right back or – or can you hear me? Can you hear me? Hear you. Yeah. <laughs> like it's not like our show notes are in that. The notes in there are I really gotta run to the bathroom. Fill <laughs> in for me. Those are the notes. That's what you want to keep? Yeah, there's some good stuff in there. <laughs> gold, baby. Uh you know, with these new ones though, they, they yeah, I, I see you're figuring it out that they added that you can add gifts now on our sidebar. And all this is about our new podcast platform, Squadcast, where we record each week. Uh and uh, you heard an ad for Anchor in this week's show. I believe you're going to be hearing an ad for Squadcast in the future because we really like them as well, and uh, they're doing cool things. Yeah. All right, boys and girls, make sure you uh, check us out on all those platforms. Um, <laughs> no, 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 none of those platforms. Those are the tools no, we use. I know. I was transitioning to talk about no. new platforms. No, you're you're playing with the little message board, posting gifts, and then you're trying to get out of here and don't even know what's going on. I what? To be honest, I didn't listen to a word you said the past. Exactly. Minutes. I know. Searching gifts. I see that. I see yeah. that you're making a, you're making a mockery of our unless your gift says I got to run out to the bathroom, it's, or it's can you hear me? I was trying to do gifts to respond to the conversation we were having, but it's hard to do gifts in real time like that because you guys talk too fast. And by the time I send my gift, it's no longer relevant. Exactly. <laughs> because those aren't supposed to be anything relevant. Those are supposed the to listeners be... listeners can't see those. Right. Those are things listeners aren't supposed to know about. All right. Is there a gift that says, I'm going to run to the bathroom? I'm sure there is. It's a poo is... emoji. <laughs> is there a gift that says, I can't hear you? Yes. Yeah, there you go. I sent you a gift that says, can you hear me? 
All right, hold on. I'm uh, I don't know who that is. I, I think that. that might be the the Big Bang Kid. And then I sent you a I got a pee emoji, which is the little girl from uh, Monsters Inc. Okay. All right. I'm not familiar with either of those shows. Now, I now, how do I how do I send you a, how do I send you a gift to wrap up the show? Um, once I get that gift, I will wrap up the show. Wrap it up. Wrap it up. All right, Bert, chill. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at section three three six. You can follow Bert on Twitter. At Bert Rudy. You can follow Josh on Twitter. At Josh Soroka. That's where I'll be putting my gifts. Thanks for listening, boys and girls. And as always, go O's. Get that number one pick. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Section 336 podcast. Please go to iTunes and Facebook for all complaints or the occasional compliment. If I were you, I would not take any baseball advice from these guys. Josh and Matt were raised by an Orioles-obsessed father, and Bert, uh, well, Bert fell in love with Don Mattingly. He has a thing for mustaches. 